Last week, President Biden wrapped up talks with his Canadian and Mexican counterparts at the North American Leaders Summit. What they discussed and why you should care are our topics today, with plenty of history that you won't hear from anywhere else. So, settle in and be sure to share this video and its action points with others through the, your social media accounts. Please also like and subscribe. There's usually a certain amount of patriotism one has living in a relatively free country. Americans generally feel a tug at their heartstrings for God, family, and country. Yet, Americans know that life today is not as free as it used to be. Ask your older relatives about how life was like many decades ago and read of the accounts of early Americans. Now, granted, a certain amount of progress has been made that makes life much easier through technology, industry, housing, and abundance of educational opportunities and jobs and the like. However, this progress is not a product of government and should never lead to a loss of liberties. Government allowed to operate outside of its limitations always leads to a loss of liberties and freedom. And this is exactly what the North American Leader Summit wants to see. What is the North American Leader Summit, you ask? Well, it began in 2005 under a different name, the Security and Prosperity Partnership, or SPP, and was hosted in Texas by then-President George W. Bush. Official government documents make the SPP out to be some mundane gathering of officials to tweak industry standards. In fact, President Bush and his Canadian counterpart joked to the press that they were working on creating industry standards for those making jelly beans. However, the late Professor Robert Pastor spilled the beans for all to see. Professor Pastor led the task force for the Council on Foreign Relations on how to build what he called the North American community or the North American idea. He said the work was leading toward continental integration. Former Mexican Foreign Minister Jorge Castaneda also worked with Professor Pastor to help engineer the North American project. As the New American reported back in 2007, Castaneda boasts that the SPP process is a metaphor of Gulliver, of ensnaring the giant. Castaneda, a longtime communist, sees the SPP as an efficient means of tying up the giant, the United States, with thread, with 20,000 nets that bog it down. These nets being norms, principles, resolutions, regulations, and bilateral, regional, and international covenants. Former Mexican President Vicente Fox was also just as open about what the SPP and the North American community was supposed to be about. He said in 2002, eventually our long-range objective is to establish with the United States, but also with Canada, our other regional partner, an ensemble of connections and institutions similar to those created by the European Union. Anyone studying the buildup of the European Union knows the loss of freedom and sovereignty that EU members face. These were the main reasons for Brexit, the movement in the UK that resulted in the historic vote in 2016 to get out of the EU. Based on deceptive trade agreements and entangling treaties, the globalists have used the EU as a model to help install and grow unelected and unaccountable bureaucracy at a level above the governments of the member countries. There are many trade unions that exist around the globe, and NAFTA, the North American Free Trade Agreement, was among the first to tie together the North American continent. The Security and Prosperity Partnership was just another step toward building a North American Union. However, the globalists ran headlong 
into American and Canadian patriots shortly thereafter who exposed this integration plot. And so the SPP was quietly dumped and was then moved into the North American Leader Summit. President Obama followed Bush's lead and continued these meetings. When President Trump took office, however, he stopped those meetings and President Biden has recently started them. To give you an idea of the thinking surrounding this integration, the Canadian press reported on the summit and quoted Goldie Hyder, who is the CEO of the Business Council of Canada and was among the experts who spoke at the meeting. He said, far too often we've acted as either three independent countries or two bilateral relationships. In today's world, that is going to leave us behind. It's time for leaders in all three countries to think more in terms of North America as a single, self-contained unit than as separate entities. How the world is taking shape is really strength in numbers and blocks, and yet in North America, we haven't really come to that conclusion ourselves. The question to ask is, well, who's we? That question is answered by another invite-only meeting being held halfway around the world in Davos this week. The World Economic Forum, founded and headed by Klaus Schwab, is infamous for his great reset concept of telling people they will own nothing and be happy, while also suggesting that to help solve the fake climate issue, people will be eating bugs. In other words, the we are a bunch of totalitarian wannabes that will be consorting with the global corporate megalomaniacs as well as government to take away your basic rights, liberties, and freedom, including the right to own property and the right to make your own choices. Unfortunately, this has progressed beyond the point of discussion to implementation, with the goal being a mere seven years away in 2030. Those involved with the North American Leaders Summit already have a head start on the World Economic Forum. Under the George W. Bush Security and Prosperity Partnership, working groups of industrial partners were created to move the initiative ahead. Now remember, we mentioned earlier that American and Canadian patriots had exposed this. Much of the heavy lifting among the grassroots is due to the John Birch Society. Our news magazine, The New American, published a special report on the North American Union in October 2007. It reported, Conceived completely as an executive branch initiative, without any participation the initiative ahead. Remember, we mentioned earlier that American and Canadian patriots had exposed this. Much of the heavy lifting among the grassroots was due to the John Birch Society. Our news magazine, The New American, published a special report on the North American Union in October 2007. It reported, Conceived completely as an executive branch initiative without any participation or authorization from Congress, the SPP established 20 trilateral working groups composed of current and former government officials, academics, and corporate leaders. The groups are directed to bring about continental integration on a wide range of political, economic, and social issues, such as manufacturing, transportation, energy, environment, e-commerce, financial services, food and agriculture, law enforcement, immigration, infrastructure, and health. Who are the members of these working groups? Where and when are they meeting? What policies, programs, projects, and proposals are they hatching? How will these things affect our lives? The Bush administration has resisted 
providing answers to these questions to Congress, the media, or the American public. Much of what has come to light thus far about the SPP working groups has been as the result of U.S. government documents pried loose through Freedom of Information Act filings by Judicial Watch, a Washington, D.C.-based public interest organization. By 2011, a diplomatic cable intercepted from Canadian Ambassador Paul Cellucci by WikiLeaks provided further proof of this plot. This cable was sent a couple of months before the SPP was officially launched. It opens with this revelation. An incremental and pragmatic package of tasks for a new North American initiative will likely gain the most support among Canadian policymakers. Our research leads us to conclude that such a package should tackle both security and prosperity goals. This fits the recommendations of Canadian economists who have assessed the options for continental integration. While in principle, many of them support more ambitious integration goals like a customs union slash single market and or single currency, most believe the incremental approach is most appropriate at this time and all agree that it helps pave the way to these goals if and when North Americans choose to pursue them. However, the representative governments of each North American country never consulted their voters on this initiative. Rather, both government and some industry bigwigs chose to pursue this under the dark cloak of the Security and Prosperity Partnership and now the North American Leader Summit. With all of this in mind, Let's now run through some statements made by the three North American leaders regarding last week's summit. During the summit, Mexican President López Obrador said, We address as a priority the economic and commercial integration of the entire American continent. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said, Let's think like people did back when they signed the original NAFTA. They knew that an integrated continental economy would bring any and all opportunities that much closer, including those they couldn't even imagine yet. And what did they envision NAFTA to be back then? Former U.S. Secretary of State and longtime globalist Henry Kissinger is credited to be one of the main architects of NAFTA. He wrote in the LA Times in 1993, it, NAFTA, will represent the most creative step towards a new world order taken by any group of countries since the end of the Cold War. The revolution sweeping the Western Hemisphere points to an international order based on cooperation. It is this revolution that is at stake in the ratification of NAFTA. And now let this one sink in. Trudeau also said at the summit, we almost lost NAFTA. The Mexican government and me and my government in Canada worked very, very hard to try and convince the American administration at the time how important trade with friends, integrated supply chains, reliable partnerships, and a continental approach to building opportunities for our citizens was. Well, weren't we told that NAFTA was the worst trade deal in history and that it was dead? Unfortunately, those renegotiating the deal were veteran globalists that did not have America First in mind. The U.S. Trade Representative at the time was Robert Lighthizer, a veteran member of the Council on Foreign Relations, a chief architect of the global New World, New World Order. 
Plus, the chief negotiator for Canada was Christia Freeland, who is on the board of trustees for the World Economic Forum and is currently the Deputy Prime Minister of Canada. A joint statement was signed by the three North American leaders at the conclusion of the summit. They called it the Declaration of North America. It reads like a woke document that is just chock full of virtue signals, covering the typical diversity, equity, and inclusion, and touching upon such broad subjects that leave no North American behind. The New American perfectly summed up the summit in an online article, writing that the agreement overrides the U.S. Constitution and advances the long-standing globalist goal of erasing the national sovereignty of the three North American nations. As one reads over this statement, it is very clear that Biden intends to bind American citizens to an agreement that will fundamentally alter their daily lives. What is additionally disappointing is that, at least so far, we have heard nothing from the Senate protesting that Biden is infringing on the powers delegated to that body. Remember that the Constitution provides that the Senate ratify any treaty by two-thirds of the senators present. The president certainly cannot do this on his own, although he can make treaties as the Constitution reads. The New American then places this collective North American statement into the proper historical perspective. A world government founded on socialist principles was an idea promoted by Karl Marx and his fellow communists. In the 19th century, there was an international movement to centralize the governments of the world's nations. We saw this in Italy with the Young Italy movement, and we saw this in Germany, which united the historically independent German states. And of course, we saw it in the United States itself as the federal government took over more and more duties and powers that the Constitution had left to the states. Marx approved of this, and many Marxists, after failing to overthrow the governments of Europe in 1848, fled to the United States where they supported the movement to a more centralized federal government. As part of this move to a world government, these more centralized national governments are now joining with neighboring national governments to form regional governments. This is what this Declaration of North America is all about, as can be seen by the goals expressed in the document. This is what has happened in Europe with the creation of the European Union. Yet, in spite of all of this evidence explaining otherwise, the controlled media will tell you that this is merely conspiracy theory. Well, do the research yourself and see if what is happening is either by accident or if it is indeed being planned. For if the three countries do merge into regional government, then we are but one small step away from these regional governments being merged under a world government as envisioned by the likes of Klaus Schwab, Henry Kissinger, Karl Marx, and the rest of those supporting globalism. The U.S., as the great experiment of freedom, would cease to exist, and the progress of American society would have come full circle, back to being serfs and slaves to tyrannical government. This is being done incrementally, and it may not become apparent until it is actually complete. However, Let's keep in mind that it hasn't happened yet, and it can be stopped. So how do we stop this? Through grassroots mobilization and coordinated action. This is what the John Birch Society does and has done since 1958. 
The John Birch Society has successfully demonstrated time and time again that we can win. We have repelled many international, federal, state, and local efforts that have attacked our God-given rights. The late Professor Robert Pastor pointed out in one of his last books, the John Birch Society is among the leading groups that have been the most vocal, active, and intense on North American issues, and they were effective in inhibiting the Bush administration and deterring the Obama administration from any grand initiatives. Well, that's quite a testimonial from someone who helped herald an initiative that had behind it the power and force of three governments. And all it took was an organized, tireless, irate minority to change history. History that the globalists think they have already written. You can prove them wrong once again. Join the John Birch Society today to start working with others in your community. Let's protect and restore our God-given rights, and let's stop this merger in the making. Please see the links in the video description to learn more about this unconstitutional buildup to the North American Union that elected officials are largely ignoring. I'm Bill Hahn for the John Birch Society. Until next time, stay informed, stay active, and get involved, patriots.